dial star 611 for assistance as your cellular phone is not authorized for use at this time. Pour de l'assistance, veuillez composer étoile 611. Vous n'avez pas le... Hello, podcast listener. Everything around you that you call life was made by people that were no smarter than you. And you can change it. You can influence it. You can build your own things that other people can use. The App Guy Podcasts, straight from your host, Paul the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul the App Guy. So welcome to the App Guy podcast. My name is Paul Kemp. I'm the founder of OneMob, and I'm really thrilled to introduce our guest speaker this week. She is an absolutely fantastic author. We've got several books here that I know that she has been responsible for as the author or co-author, and they are iOS Auto Layout Demystified, uh, edition one and two, and I will put links in the show notes afterwards so that you don't need to kind of write these down just yet. Uh, the core iOS uh, 6 developers cookbook, that's edition 1 through to 4, and also a fantastic book called Pitch Perfect. Her name is Erica Sadun, and she is going to talk to us about uh, app development and all the things that is going on in her world. So I'm really pleased that you've joined us and, and taken time out of your day to have a chat with me, Erica. And perhaps you Hi, can, Paul. Yeah, perhaps you can start by just kind of giving a brief overview of uh, what you do and uh, kind of what what makes your day well i'm primarily a technical writer and i blog over at the unofficial apple web blog which is tuaw.com and when i'm not doing that i write books right and you've got a wealth of books that you've written so let's kind of start with perhaps pitch perfect it's your first edition of this what? It's actually our second edition, even though it says first edition, and that's an interesting story. Right, okay. Tell me that story. What happened is Steve and I are both bloggers over at the weblog, and one of the big things we do is reviews. He's the hardware editor, and I've been doing a lot of hardware and software reviews for the last, what, six, seven years there? And what we found is that we would get these pitches from people who had worked so hard and so long and with such passion for their products, and then they would completely fail when it came to pitching the weblog of why we should cover it, why we should be excited about this product, and why we should give it some coverage so that it could be um, something that was discoverable by our audience. And we went ahead and we wrote up the the first version of Pitch Perfect, and we put it out um, through Kindle, just self-publishing him and me. And what happened is it became a pretty good success, and Addison Wesley Pearson bought it. So what you're seeing is the print version. It's much prettier, much better edited, has a really cute cover, and it's just, you know, a great book. But it is, in fact, the second version of it, because the first version then migrated into a traditional print book. The big challenges for app developers, especially indie app developers who are doing perhaps a lot of the work on their own, is promoting mm-hmm. themselves, their app, on the web. Have you got any guidance for those? Oh, I have so much guidance. <laughs> right. So I seriously have so much guidance. The first thing I'm going to say is most of the people who are doing it are doing it wrong. 
And let me just go to my mailbox just from today, and I'm going to give you examples of how people are doing it wrong. Okay? Okay. Here we go. First one is from 1035 this morning, and the subject line is my app. Okay, I'm really relieved that you're not reading out my email there. (laughs) (laughs) And the body of it is a URL to the app. Now, why does this pitch fail? This pitch does absolutely nothing to tell us anything about what the app is, what it is called, why we should be interested, and what somebody can do with the app. Because... This person has spent all their time creating it, but they haven't thought about communicating this to others. Now, if this were the only app pitch I got this morning, I would probably follow that link. I'd be curious, somebody sending me information about an app, let me go over and click that link and see what's going on. But the problem is that in my inbox for a tool, I didn't get one pitch this morning. I got about 50 between the inbox, and we also have uh, another set of things online on the web that we also use. Um, There is a submission form at the site specifically for apps, so we now have, it's not just in our inbox anymore. Between the two of those, I am overwhelmed with pitches. Not just pitches for apps, but pitches for story ideas, pitches for uh, promoting companies, pitches for all sorts of things, all of whom have one thing in common. They want to catch our attention, and they really want us to give them some coverage on our website. One guy wrote to me today, and he said, I did this pitch, and nobody responded. I sent it out to all these people, and nobody was interested. And this guy was doing a lot of the right things, and yet his pitch failed. So the way that you make a pitch successful is you have to follow a few steps. The first thing is you have to have a compelling app. And it doesn't just have to be an app, because we get a lot of pitches for hardware as well. But whatever you're selling, it has to be something that people are excited about. And what this particular person who had written and said, why did nobody bite? He had written an app that was a database of movie reviews. And he was saying, why did no major blog pick up on my application about movie reviews and push it and give me some coverage and look over the app? I spent so much time on it. I put so much love into it. Why? And my answer is this. Most people will go to Rotten Tomatoes or to IMDb and look stuff up, nobody is banging down the door looking for an app that does movie reviews. And so before you even think about the pitch, before you even start writing the app, you have to figure out what makes your product stand apart. What is its compelling features that does something so amazing that it really makes people want to purchase your, your product, pull out their wallets, and hand over their cash. And that is something that a lot of people miss. We're looking for things that are novel, that solve problems in a new way, or give you a new experience, or make you laugh. 
a good product is exciting, it's shiny, it's sparkly, it's something that makes you sit up and take notice of it because it's doing something really cool. One of the apps that caught my eye a few months ago, it would be, and I just remember because I was talking about this app yesterday with someone, was one where you just scan the barcode in your car and it reads the barcode for the VIN, which is the vehicle identification number, and it gives you quotes on how much your car is worth. That's just cool. Yeah, that's very good. So, so what I'm learning Not from you then, Erica, is that the pitch, yeah. the pitch really starts from the moment you kind of have the creative idea for the app. Once you have that push, that's where you start to create your pitch. So I've taken you up to the starting point of the pitch, but I haven't taken you into the pitch. And the reason I'm interrupting you is I don't want you to get away before you realize that the pitch itself has to grow from that excitement. And you have to start in the subject line. Remember that guy who, whose subject line was my app? Unless you sell your pitch in 80 characters or less, you have to think of this as the elevator talk of the, the app's world. You've got to somehow, in 80 characters, in that subject line, catch our attention. Because we are never going to open a My App, or Please Review My App, or I Have a New App email. It's just not going to happen. There's not enough there for us to work with. Your subject line must sell your app. That's excellent advice, and I've been learning over this last week that... A lot of uh, app developers tend to do it wrong in that it's all about themselves. It's more about giving rather than taking. Is, is that fair? Mm -hmm. I think so. It's a, it's a lot of it is empathy, putting yourself into somebody else's place. And that is important for whatever you're doing in life, not just developing an app. Whatever you're doing specifically in business that's going to play a huge role. So, Erica, you're our spotlighted guest now. What um, the audience like is to hear your story. And often, you know, the successes you've had with your books, perhaps mm -hmm. it's not all been successful. Many successful writers and uh, successful app developers and successful people in technology do have uh, the, the times where they've had to face a failure and it's how we respond to those failures. Have, have you got an example for us where you were perhaps a little bit like that person emailing you had rejection, had failure, and, and how you responded to that and, and how you ultimately then ended up um, learning from that? Hmm. That's a hard one because my challenges have not really been rejection simply because I don't remember getting rejected for a book so much as turning down work. But there is, you know, it's clearly part of everybody's life. And for me, especially when you're reviewing a book and coming back to a book to update it for a new edition, it's always a cringy sort of thing to do. I always look back in what I've done to try to find ways to improve it. And sadly, there are millions of things I always find that got into print and that can be improved for the next edition. 
And as much as you want every book to be perfect when it hits the shelves, when it hits the e-shelves, the sad reality is that you do your best. You have timelines. You have a lot of people pushing you to, you know, finish things. And the reality is you can only do in the real world of book publishing as good a job as you can get done at the time. And so built into that is this absolute craving, this desire to get it better each and every time, to, to improve what you did last time and just try to keep pushing things forward to make better and better products. And I hope that's you know what I've accomplished. It's certainly been my goal. But I can see for myself going in that just feeling of cringing, of I can't believe I created that sentence, or oh my gosh, I totally misunderstood that concept, or I just got that thing completely wrong. And that's just part of life. We've talked about uh, a failure. What about, um, I guess, uh, successes that you've had? I mean, you've, you've clearly had some really good, interesting books. What drew you into technology? What drew you to write about iOS and uh, apps? Perhaps you could tell us a little bit about that and that story. Well, the whole reason I write was a sincere desire not to get divorced. (laughs) Okay. And I was finishing my PhD, and my husband-to-be at the time and I sat down and we said, okay, we need to go through what's going to make this marriage work because we intend this to be the only marriage for us. And we saw so many of our friends do the dual professor route and not make it. I needed something where I could stay home, be that mom, and yet still keep my fingers in the technical pie. Because I don't think I would be happy just changing diapers, just doing, you know, the carpool lane. And writing technically is something that I had started doing, and I pursued very aggressively to make sure that I had a career path that did not depend on dual tenure track. And what year did you get into that? What what year did you start? This would be in the 90s. Have you written apps uh, yourself? (laughs) And and perhaps you can share with us um, some of the examples of apps that you've, you've got involved with. Now, first, I've got to say that none of my apps have been updated recently. I've just been too busy. Like a lot of us, it's really difficult to um, kind of keep on top of it sometimes, especially with iOS 7 coming out. Most of my apps, I write apps for friends. And if you take a look at what I have in the App Store, pretty much everything I have out there is because a friend said, you know, I'd really like an app that does something or another. So I wrote it and I put it in the App Store. So, for example, if you go into the Mac App Store, there's one called Art Helper. And what it does is it creates art for iOS apps. You put in um, a source file, and it creates all the XC assets, it creates all the icons, the default pings, everything you need. It's just a really good, quick and dirty way of creating these things for iOS development. And were you, I guess you were writing these apps for friends, and you weren't really marketing them and looking to make money from them in a way that 
you, you, I guess you're charging for them. Is that right? I have some that actually have a price on them. Mostly it's just there to keep the fuss down. I really don't want to deal with customers. I just don't have space for it. So I think Art Helper I put out is two ninety nine or something. You've obviously got so, so much knowledge and so, so much uh, we can get from your books. So I, certainly I would recommend the audience that like, they will go and check your books out. Read the three that I've linked to there in the show notes. Before mm-hmm. we say goodbye, is there anything you would like to share to the listeners that, that perhaps could inspire them to to take action on something anything you feel that we've missed that you <laughs> I'm going to give you some advice that nobody wants to hear the first thing is more people make money working for someone else than doing their own apps the second thing is the more that you build your people skills to be able to work as part of a team the better off you'll do in this industry People skills are very important. I think that's a very uh, useful comment because a lot of the uh, app developers I speak to are kind of maybe introverts and they like the fact that they're sitting behind a computer. They don't have to deal with people. They can get on with their own uh, coding. And that's probably why they don't like the marketing aspect of it because it involves Mm. people. What would you say to those uh, app developers who are struggling with the connect? connecting with people and perhaps aren't uh, strong in the social skills but 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 are good coders very few people are bricker i i forget his first name it begins with an l he's the one who did letterpress which was a huge success sold gazillions of copies he's just an amazing developer most people in the real world need connections to build something of importance They need graphic designers to help with the art. They need marketing people to help with the marketing. They need to be able to work in a system that's larger than themselves. And if they want to create something that has an impact in the world, that changes things, that creates something that goes beyond a tip calculator, if they want to build something of significance, it means that you will have to work as part of a larger team and learn the skills, even if you're an introvert, even if you're, as they say, on the spectrum, even if you have all those challenges about coordinating with other people. Despite all that, you will need to build your ability to communicate, to respond to criticism, to be flexible, to be supportive and to encourage others and help others and receive that help and encouragement yourself. I think you hit the nail on the head there where it's like helping others, which ultimately then helps yourself. Uh, some, somebody said to me uh, recently uh, that if you're giving, that you change your mindset to some extent and then you feel like you've got nothing missing. But whereas those people that just want to get from life and get from people feel that they're missing something. So... Hey, listen, this has been really interesting. Uh, how can people reach out to you and how can uh, they get in touch with you? I've got a blog theoretically, although I haven't updated it for about four months uh, due to various issues. It's ericasadoon.com. You can also catch me at tuaw.com. My posting has been very light recently for the same reasons. Uh, but I'm on Twitter, Erica Sadoon. I think 
you know, you can kind of extrapolate from there. I'm, I'm not hard to find. Great. Well, Erica, I want to thank you. I mean, to be fair to the listeners, uh, this has been, you, you've been a really good sport. Uh, I only approached you <laughs> literally about half an hour ago and you agreed to do this interview. <laughs> so <laughs> you are the one of the best, um, best sports out there for, for just picking up the ball and, and helping me with this podcast. So I really appreciate your time, genuinely, Mina. And I will recommend that anyone, um, certainly myself, I'm going to go out and buy your books now learn how to promote the apps that i've built so far so thank you very much and uh, if there's any anything else you want to say otherwise i'll say goodbye now and perhaps we can have another chance to chat when you've uh, got another edition out i think the only thing i want to say is if you're programming and it's fun and you lose yourself in it then you're doing the right thing great advice and uh, uh, there was someone said uh, last week on the series that uh, the, the first thing they suggest you do is wake up in the morning and before you get a coffee or before you do anything you write a line of code and I thought yeah <laughs> I listened I thought that would be good uh, still yet to follow up on that but <laughs> mine would read something like go back to sleep <laughs> yeah well I, I've I've taken more than enough time um, from you, so I appreciate that. You, you obviously got to go back. You're, what, what are you doing right now? You're, you're writing at the moment, are, are you? Yes, updating uh, the cookbook. Fantastic. Yes, it was supposed to be done in September. Things got a little crazy. Well, I'm sure that you probably need a, a coffee and clear your mind from, from this, but thank you very much for sharing all the, your insights. And uh, My pleasure. Hopefully I'll get a chance to speak to you in the future. That would be awesome. Thank you, Erica. for listening to this podcast stay tuned for the next episode and if you do have any ideas on who we should interview please send that email to info at onemob.com that's info at onemob.com